0: Father, thank you that we can lift up our requests and make them known to you, and you hear, and Lord, you answer our prayers, and, and we're grateful for that. Lord, we want to ask that tonight that, that Lord, in everything that we, that we lift up to you, that Lord, we would be alert and that we'd be watching for the ways that you're answering, how you come through uh, your answers, yes or no, or wait, or another way, and... And we wanna, we wanna be sensitive to what you're doing. And then Lord, uh, we wanna give you the glory and the praise. And so Lord, we don't wanna be guilty of asking and receiving and, and then, not, then not returning back the glory and the praise that's due you. And so Lord, even that we need your help with. Uh, sometimes you answer our prayer and, and, and we can be so thick we miss it. And so Father, help us to be a, a people of praise. You're worthy of it and it's good for us to give it. And so we ask this tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, would you bless our time in Proverbs and God, would you help us to be able to receive your word uh, that, that it would be truly a hearing from you and truly it would impact our hearts and our lives and we'd, we'd actually submit to your precepts, and so God, I ask that tonight would be a time of learning, it'd be a time of growing, and, and, and above all, a, a time of endeavoring to walk in your word, to walk in the way that you set before us. Lord, we wanna, we wanna be obedient, we wanna be doers of your word, and so Lord, envision us to live out these principles of Proverbs, and we ask for this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, last time we were in Proverbs chapter 15 and we covered one verse, verse 29, and we saw the power of prayer. Verse 29 says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. So we saw when the wicked pray, that's failure because they're in rebellion against God, but he hears the prayer of the righteous and praise the Lord, hallelujah, we are righteous. If we're in Christ, we don't, stand before God in our own righteousness we have the the righteousness of God through Christ imputed imputed to us and so you know 100% righteous before the Lord all because of who we are in Christ and so what that means God's a good father he wants to hear our prayer and the only way we can fail in prayer is to not pray uh, Romans 8 tells us none of us know how to pray as we are as we are as we ought the Spirit helps our infirmities, Romans eight twenty six says, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Nobody knows how to pray properly, but that's okay. The Holy Spirit even helps us with that. All right, point number two. That's why your notes start the way that they do because we're in this section on accountability and humility of the wise and the, and the foolish. Verse 30, we're gonna see the righteous, we're gonna see their countenance and report This is a parallel proverb. Verse 30 says, the light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart and a good report maketh the bones fat. Okay, so these are parallel principles and so the picture is this, right? Somebody that has uh, the light of joy in their eyes. There's light, right? There's life in their eyes. Uh, That's uh, excitement for everyone. And it pulls the heart into joy. I mean, there's nothing worse than having to, having to be with an Eeyore all the time. How you doing, Joe? Uh, more people should be like Kylie Grasher. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if that's actually joy as much as Henri. Uh, I can tell you this. Look at Gordon Campbell's face. That's pure joy. Right there, you know what that face is? That's somebody walking up to him saying, I've heard from the Lord, God's calling me to be in charge to be the director of nursery through (laughs) two-year-olds. And that's his response to you. That's the look you're gonna get from Gordon Kimball. I can't tell about Mandy if she's making fun or not. She seems like she's on the fence, but the Gracers, pray for them. But when, 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 you, when people, right, when people respond to you and there's light in their eyes, right, the light of the eyes rejoice at the heart. Well, okay, so, so, so they're obviously following in rejoicing, but that affects you as well. You want to be someone that thrills the heart of others. You say, well, I'm not very good looking. It doesn't matter how good looking you are. What's in your eyes, okay? You have the ability to rejoice the heart. So how does that work? Well, when you meet someone, whenever you're with someone, do your eyes light up or do you telegraph, oh no, oh God help. (laughs) Okay, I mean when you meet them, do your eyes receive them? Do your eyes light up with joy? Because joy is contagious. You'll, You'll have the ability to rejoice their heart. Notice the trend that we're seeing here in chapter 15. Verse 30 told us a merry heart, maketh a cheerful countenance. There it is, right? If your heart is merry, your eyes are gonna show it. If your eyes are showing it, your heart's gonna be merry, but it's also contagious. Your rejoicing, the light of your eyes can actually encourage another. I want us to get that. But by sorrow of the heart is the spirit broken. Verse 23, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, a word spoken in due season, how good it is. And so there's that similar principle, another facet of it, but uh, there's a theme here in in chapter 15. Okay, so some things to think about regarding this principle. Whenever you're with people, how you look, how you engage with them with your eyes, do they, right, does your look, how you're looking, does it encourage them or discourage them? Are you encouraging people, are you edifying them? Are you showing love and acceptance or are you showing disapproval? Okay, what do you want now? (laughs) I I have a hard time doing it. Okay, Rosie, what? What do you want? (laughs) What? You know what I'm trying to communicate here, right? You know what I'm trying to communicate? What? What? <laughs> I'm not doing a good job. Here's the, here's the bottom line. You can hurt people over how you receive them. Did you know that? You can do that. You can hurt people over how you receive them. So here's the question. Are you glad to see the people that God has placed in your life? Oh, man. Turn to your neighbor and look at him. Just look at them. This is an opportunity for you to shine. Okay. Come back. I just said look. I didn't say start a whole nother agenda. Wait for it. So you see this person that's next to you, God has them in your life. Uh, Does that, excite you or does that put you off? Does that exasperate you? See, love and acceptance, man, if you're glad over the people that God's placed in your life, you say, well, they're pretty dysfunctional. No, the fact is God's placed them in your life because he's put you in theirs to help them. Did you ever think about that? Yeah, but they're really dysfunctional. I mean, if you were married to this person, you would know that pastor. No, no, I know, I hear what you're saying, but God has placed you in their life to help them. So are you glad to see the people that God's placed? Okay, so if God's placed you in my life and I'm gladly receiving you, with joy I'm receiving you, guess what? Again, we've talked about this principle. People love to be loved, they want to be wanted. I want you to love loving me. I want you to want me. I need you to need me, okay? please 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 okay so like like that's how we're wired and when that takes place when that happens you actually have you actually have productive input in the life of the people that you love because they know that they they know that maybe they're dancing on your last nerve they know that but they also know that you desperately love them and when you're giving feedback they actually have a shot at receiving it because they trust you does that make sense Lord help us. Okay, conversely, let me talk to everybody else. Stop abusing people. Okay, God's put people in your life, don't abuse them. So you need them, you need input from them. So think about what you're gonna say to them, then speak, finish, and respect their time. Okay, so let me talk to the growing leaders. If you're in ministry and you're starting to lead people in the word of God, People know if you love and enjoy them so you should love and enjoy them and what happens when you start loving and enjoying people, people love spending time with you and they don't know why, they just want to and because you're leading in the word, they want your attention and they want your affirmation and they wanna spend time, they just wanna, there will be people that God will have, he'll allow them in your life and they're just gonna wanna marinate with you, they're gonna wanna bask with you. Uh, They're just gonna want, that's just just what they wanna do because they wanna be with you Okay, so you want to trust the Lord to let them know that you love them, that you care for them, but you've also got like a list of things that you have to accomplish. And this will take sensitivity of spirit. You need the Lord to help you in dealing with people. So here's the best thing um, that, 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 you, that you can do is, is, is forbear. That's always the best thing that you can do. Uh, to, to endeavor to love them. Uh, but at some point, they have to grow up. They have to have their own walk with Christ. And so the best plan is to, is to gain their love, to gain their trust, and then give them loving feedback. And you gotta be careful there because if all they hear from you is rejection, oh man, you haven't accomplished anything. You've not actually edified them. You've discouraged them and potentially derailed them. I thought so-and-so loved me and they basically said they don't want me in their life. If that's what they hear, it's probably because you're a jerk, Okay? Be careful. If all they hear is you're a horrible person and I don't want you in my life. Some people will try to give feedback. I see where you need to grow in Christ. And so what it actually ends up being is, is hey, let's have coffee or let's have lunch. And then they spend 30 minutes pointing out all the things that are wrong with this person. And all the person hears is, is a despicable person. I despise you, I don't want you in my life. Well, there's good reason for that the person giving the feedback trying to help their brother or sister was actually uh, foolish in their approach. If what people are hearing, you're trying to help people but if they hear, if all they hear is you're a horrible person and I don't want you in my life, well that's because really at your core you're a jerk. No amens on that. (laughs) See what happens is you forget that you forget the charity, godlike love, here it is, here's the description, first Corinthians thirteen seven. Charity, Godlike love, perfect love, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, here it is, endureth all things. That person that God's put in your life, oh, that's nothing. You can bench press fifty of them. No problem. You can endure all things. They're worth it. Ephesians four, verses one through three, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. You know what just happened? When I did that, Mike Kinnicutt despised me in his heart. (laughs) That was no drum roll. What a sad excuse for, Pastor's got no rhythm, OK. I therefore, sorry, Lord, OK I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Well, what does that look like? Well, verse two, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, here it is. You know, you could do the rot dumb roll for me, Mike. Oh. <laughs> with long suffering. For bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. So you gotta know, I mean, a lot of people will hijack your time. Well, they're needy of affirmation. They need it. They need to know that they're wanted, that they're accepted, that, you ha- that they have a place in your life. But that doesn't mean that they get to get it on their terms. Okay, bless your heart. Some of you, <laughs> you work really hard at wearing me out. And that's Okay because I wouldn't trade you for anything. Uh, You're a big deal, you're the people that God's placed in my life, and I am so grateful that I get to put up with you. And you know that's a two-way street, right? I am so grateful that you have to put up with me. It's wonderful to be in a family relationship where people have to receive you. Takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? You say, that just sounds almost abusive. Yeah, it can be. Be careful. Uh, We need to all be mature, and we need to find our contentment in Christ. We need to grow and we need to mature to the point where all of us actually function as edifiers. This is critical. So how can I quit being a me monster? How can I change? Okay, ready? Here's the answer. Repent of looking for people to receive you. Now they need to and you need them to, okay, I get that. But at some point, you're gonna grow past that to the place where you're actually gonna receive others. You receive them. No longer are you going through life looking for the people that will receive you. No, you're maturing, you're receiving them, you're looking to serve them, you're looking to be a blessing, and now you're at the place where you're allowing the people that God's placed in your life to lose you, to lose, to use you. Right, you're allowing the people that God has placed in your life to use you. You're receiving them, you're serving them, you're showing yourself friendly, you're being available, you're being the encourager. I mean, brother, come mow my lawn, and I'll bet you I find some really good coffee for us to drink together. You see how that works? No, I'm not saying anybody come mow my lawn, but that, get the principle. You come mow my lawn, and I'll bet you I can find some us time. Why, because that's a way to show love. Okay, so that's what you want to do with your brothers. and say, How can I serve them versus looking for ways for them to serve me? Galatians 5, verse 13 says, Brethren, you have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Everything that you think you need from other people, that's what you actually need to give them. Hello, somebody. I was just barking up your tree. Too many squirrels, you know, never mind. You know what a squirrel does when somebody barks up their tree. They just go to the other side and hide. Don't do that. Okay, here's the parallel, part B of this verse, and a good report maketh the bones fat. So a good report, man, that's just, I mean, good news. Uh, That that relieves stress, man. That takes the cortisol levels down. Good news strengthens you at the core, right? A good report maketh the bones fat. Uh, We'll see this again in Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. See, bad news is discouraging. Uh, That can lead to depression. Depression can be deadly. Here's the best example I can come up with is Eli the priest. He got some bad reports, didn't he? How'd that work out for him? He received some very bad reports. If you want, you can turn your Bibles uh, to 1 Samuel chapter two. He got a report and so he's confronting his sons about it. He says, nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear you make the Lord's people to transgress. And then you come on down to verse 27. the man of God, right? The, the prophet, the man of God comes and, and gives God's report on Eli's family and how they're, they're wicked with the sacrifice, they're wicked with the women. That starts in verse 27 and then verse 34 says, and this shall be a sign unto thee that thou shalt come upon thy two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and one day shall die both of them I'll replace them, verse 35. And then you go to 1 Samuel chapter four. It all happens. The Bible says, and this, this starts in verses 12 through 18, Eli's old, he's 80 years old. He's blind. The messenger comes with a bad report. He hears that his children are dead. And the ark of God is taken, verse 17 and it came to pass when he made mention of the ark, ark of God that he fell from off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck brake, And he died, for he was an old man and heavy, and he had judged Israel 40 years. So a good report maketh the bones fat, but a bad report can break your neck bone. At least that was the case in Eli's, in Eli's life. So consider this, okay, if your report is always gloom, despair, an agony on you, or your report is always some you know level of you know just you know the humble brag, just low-level heroic sacrifice, continuous in your life. How are you doing, Joe? Oh man, you know I got I got I got so much going on, and there's so many people that I'm having to try, trying to help, and they're just so messed up, and I'm just doing the best that I can, and and uh, somehow I'm hoping that in all of this you'll find out how awesome I am, and I mean that's just obnoxious. Nobody wants to hear that. So how can I fix that? I mean, okay, ready, here it is. Put on, repent, and put on the new man. Live Christ. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength, and then let all things fall out to edification of those that God's placed in your life. Joe, how are you doing? Great, I'm so glad I get to see you. How are you doing? You know, if they need to talk, you're there to let them talk. If they're busy and they don't have time right now, man, Rick, we need to get together. Man, that'd be great. Okay, I'll see, you know. I mean, be sensitive to where people are at. It's not all about you. It's about how God can use you in the lives of the people that he's placed there. Romans 14 verse 19 says, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. Look at how the verse ends. Let all things be done unto edifying. What things? All things. 2 Corinthians 12:19. Look at how that verse ends. But we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. What things? All things. Like I want the totality. Lord, help me grow up. I want the totality of my life to fall out, to build others up in their faith. Christ modeled it. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, let your conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ. What's the goal? That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. What Christ did, let's just follow that. 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, here's the example of a pastor. Don't let anybody despise your, your youth, and so here's the admonition. But be thou an example to the believers, in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Make sure your life is showing the way. Be an edifier. So is how I'm communicating, this is the question, is how I'm communicating, does it make me the center of attention or is it magnifying Christ? How I'm communicating, is it making me the pity party or the hero? Or is it building up the faith of the people that God's placed in my life? Okay, point number three. The wise listen to reproof. Okay, verse 31 says, the ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Okay, by now this is a very clear principle. We've seen this concept multiple times in Proverbs. I've got cross-references for you there. You can check it out. Great illustration or example of this exhibit uh, to illustrate this would be Proverbs 6.23. The commandment is a lamp and the light is a law and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. We need to be, we all need to be corrected. We need it. So the wise, they love to learn. <coughs> they want to be corrected. That's your next two blanks. In other words, they, they desperately want to know if they're off course. Now we have a lot of people, our mature leaders here at MBT are all like this. They want feedback, they want information, uh, they want to move forward um, with, in faith, with excellence. Okay, so they want to they know if they're off track. That's just a sign of, of, of wisdom and maturity. But the best illustration I can give is Eric Phillips. Eric Phillips always is looking for feedback, he wants input, he wants correction and he's always asking for it, why? Well, Eric Phillips is one of the wisest people you're ever gonna meet, he's very wise. So he wants reproof, he wants instruction, right? He wants to get understanding because he wants to make full proof of the life and the ministry that God's called him to. Are you despising folders here, is that what this is? Or are you like saying, why can't you people get with this? okay, maybe I take back, like, he's wise, he's one of the wisest people, you know, even the wise, even, you know, sometimes great men are foolish. (laughs) Don't let Eric lead you in the way of coffee, that's the caveat. Outside of that, wise man. Proverbs, (laughs) folders, really? That's a... He that reproveth the scorner giveth shame to himself, and he that rebuketh the wicked man giveth himself a blot. Uh, some people just, you try to help them, they blow up right in your face. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Now look down in verse 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Again, parallel principles here. Uh, It's a parallel proverb, verse 33. And the motive for this, obviously, is the fear of the Lord. Humility says I can grow, I can learn, I can change any course required, as long as it's changing me to follow the way, right? To follow the word of Christ. And so I need the Lord's opinion on the matter of my life, on whatever I'm facing, because I have to have his mind. I need that correction, Christ's mind. Biblical righteousness is what I must have. Why? Well, because God's a big deal. And he's paying attention to whether you're full of yourself or you wanna be full of him. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. Uh, God's got a problem with the prideful. And he loves helping the humble. James four, verse six, he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. So I need to humble myself. Whatever the Lord wants, my way, my life, needs to line up, so I need instruction, I need reproof, I need correction. Christ sets the example of humility in Philippians chapter two. He makes himself of no reputation. He takes upon himself the form of a a servant. He humbles himself, verse eight, and becomes obedient even to the death of the cross. Humility comes before honor. Right, before honor is humility, and so this is why, because Christ, I mean, who is more glorious than Christ? Yet he humbles himself more than any man to the service of all men, and so God glorifies him, gives him a name, highly exalts him, gives him a name which is above every name. We'll all bow to the name of Jesus. Number four, verse 32, the wicked refuse to listen. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Um, Brian, are we closing in worship? Or are we, we are? Can you guys just come on up? Because we're wrapping it up. Um, can your wife get the last three blanks for you? Yeah, okay. Allie, you got him, right? Yeah, okay. So again, this is another, I mean, we've seen this principle several times. We're gonna see it again. I'll uh, give you the cross references there. Notice why people refuse instruction. Look at the verse verse, 30, verse, verse 32. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. They refuse instruction because they don't respect themselves. Okay, think about that. Okay, the person that doesn't wanna be corrected, they don't wanna learn or ensure that they're moving forward correctly in life, why is that? Well, they don't have enough self-care to care about what's right over their life. They do what will make them happy in the flesh, not what's good for them long-term or in the light of eternity itself. They don't care about that. I just want what will make me happy in the moment. You get one life and, and because you're such a big deal to God, you have to get it right. Everybody needs correction. Everybody needs instruction. Everybody needs reproof, rebuke. Everybody needs, we all need to be redeployed in life. We need, we need, we need uh, course corrections, right? That's all of us. We need to be accountable to be walking in the word and the mind of Christ. So here's the critical warning. Proverbs 15:10 says, correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way. See, we've already seen this principle in this chapter. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. So many people, they're not thinking about what God wants to do with their life in the totality of their life and in respect to the weight of eternity. It's because they don't actually view themselves the way God views them. They don't respect themselves. So pride refuses to listen because it is not natural for your flesh to embrace reproof. The flesh never likes correction. It never wants to be under authority. When someone's full of pride, they've not been willing to assess their standing and status. Proverbs 12.1 says, Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. So see, if you'll just stop a moment and think about it, this is all of us, isn't it? Uh, Do you like it when people tell you you're wrong? That, you know, when somebody reproves you, do you enjoy that? Oh yes, please, give me more. No, in the moment, your flesh is like, who do you think you are? I think I can take you. I think my fist fits right on the side of your, like that's what your flesh is thinking. It's because you're brutish, brutish, right? I mean, brutus, you're brutish. (laughs) We need help, we need instruction, we need correction. So this is how we started in Proverbs. Proverbs 1-7 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. God, I tremble to disappoint you. I tremble to ignore your counsel. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. That's what we all need. All right, let's close in prayer. Um, Brian's gonna lead in worship, How's, what's the response? Some passage in Proverbs, what was the principle? What was the point where the Holy Spirit said, uh, I'm getting you in the fields right now, because this is you, okay? What point do you need to lift up to the Lord in prayer? Or if all of this falls out to encouragement and motivation, just join right in in and, and praise. But uh, if you need to, grab a prayer partner. If you need to, grab one of our leaders. They'll be down front as we dismiss. However God's dealing with your heart, let's dismiss that way. Amen.